has so-called tort reform affected our Seventh Amendment right to a trial by jury, Texas Watch's Ware Wendell will talk to us about that fundamental right, faith, free enterprise, and the Founding Fathers. And as one person put it to me, when you mess up, you fess up, and you make it right. And I can't think of a, of a better expression of Texas values than that. You're listening to Texas Tells. I'm Tori Summerman. First, here's the news. After 14 years, Rick Perry said farewell to the governor's mansion in Texas politics with an address to a joint session of the Texas legislature. In what will likely set the stage for a presidential bid, the speech focused on his record and efforts such as passing so-called tort reform in 2003. We passed the most sweeping lawsuit reforms in the nation. Reforms that Dallas Federal Reserve President Richard Fisher has called the key to our economic growth. The former governor did not address any of the criticisms surrounding the law. Texas Watch's Alex Winslow claims that Texans currently face more dangers as a result of restricted access to legal accountability. These special interest policies have not resulted in better health care, lower insurance costs, or safer communities. In fact, Texas families face new dangers that threaten their physical and financial safety. The bottom line is that Texans are less safe. Governor Greg Abbott and Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick were inaugurated in a large ceremony on the 20th. To all of my fellow Texans, let me express my deepest gratitude to the people of this state for electing me governor of the greatest state in the United States of America. The newly elected officials discussed their plans for Texas's future, including tax cuts, education reform, and border security. Neither speech discussed the popular texting while driving ban, but Patrick did express support for the legislation on the campaign trail. The lieutenant governor said, It's a privilege to drive a car, not a right. I don't think anyone has the right to go down the road, look down at their phone, and type a message to somebody. My, My friend, friend and Senator, Senator Jane Nelson, Nelson likes to say, it's a new day in Texas. So, so repeat, repeat with me, what day is it? It's a new day in Texas. One more time, what day is it? The 84th legislative session started with changes to the members' rules and agenda. Bills filed range from education to energy. Among the prominent legislation filed was SB 189, written by Democratic Caucus Chairman Kirk Watson. The bill would protect policyholders from homeowners insurance companies that raise rates when the customer simply asks a question about their policy. John Adams called representative government and trial by jury the heart and lungs of freedom. But in 2003, the Texas legislature passed sweeping legislation, restricting many Texans from the court system. Advocates for more legal accountability claimed that the bill clogged those prized heart and lungs of freedom and closed the courthouse doors for many Texans. Special interest lobbyists in support of the bill claimed that it benefited the economy and prevented frivolous lawsuits. Today, I'll talk to Texas Watch's Ware Wendell, who recently researched the legislation's effect on our Seventh Amendment right. 
In his article entitled Liberty's Heart and Lungs, Wendell discusses how the so-called reform acts contrary to the intentions of the Founding Fathers, our country's roots in Judeo-Christian ideals, and prevents our free market from flourishing. Welcome, where to the show. It's great to be with you, Tori. So you've written this article, Liberty's Heart and Lungs. What made you interested in this topic in the first place? Well, our civil justice system has been under sustained attack uh, for several decades now by corporate special interests. And when you think about the civil justice system and our Constitution and our constitutional liberties, oftentimes in that discussion, the Seventh Amendment gets overlooked. The Seventh Amendment is the amendment that guarantees our right to trial by jury. And if you think about it, it's actually the part of the Constitution that guarantees all of our other liberties. Without the ability to go to court and to hold wrongdoers accountable, um, none of those other rights mean very much. Now we hear a lot about tort reform and restricting that Seventh Amendment right that you were just talking about. What exactly does that mean, and how does that affect the average person? Great question. Um, So when something goes wrong, when someone's harmed, you can classify it one of two ways. You can classify it as a crime, or you can classify it as a civil harm. And when you talk about a civil harm, we call that in the legal system a tort. So tort reform is um, really a a movement, again, by those corporate special interests to dismantle our civil justice system so that wrongdoers are not held accountable and they're able to pad their profits as a result. Okay, so you're saying tort reform restricts that Seventh Amendment right that we were talking about? That's right. It makes it much harder and in some cases impossible for families to take wrongdoers to court. You can think of it almost as a government bailout. You know, you've heard of too big to fail um, tort reform basically makes it a system where many companies are too big to sue. Um, you can think of it as corporate welfare, uh, and really what they're seeking is immunity from the consequences of their actions. So how does that affect the way that the Seventh Amendment was originally framed? Well, to understand where you are, you have to know where you come from, right? And, and that was part of what went into writing this piece on Liberty's Heart and Lungs, to understand where the civil justice system came from, why the American system is so important to our liberty. And when you look at what the founders said about the civil justice system, and specifically about the right to trial by jury, um, it's really interesting. First of all, when they were debating the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, the right to trial by jury was not a controversial subject at all. Um, George Washington in 1788 said, There was not a member of the Constitutional Convention who had the least objection to what was contended for by the advocates for a Bill of Rights and trial by jury. And James Madison, who was the fourth president of the United States, is widely regarded as the father of the Constitution. And he said, uh, Trial by jury in civil cases is as essential to secure the liberty of the people as any one of the pre-existent rights of nature. And you referenced the John Adams quote, and it's such a great quote, I feel like I need to read it in its entirety for our listeners. Um, He called representative government and trial by jury the, quote, heart and lungs of liberty, without which, quote, we have no other fortification against being ridden like horses, fleeced like sheep, worked like cattle, and fed and clothed like swine and hounds. And so folks can consider that quote in, in reference and, and in light of where we are today. Um, it, it's a deeply troubling situation that we find ourselves in. So our founding fathers obviously thought that this right was very important, and they thought it was essential to justice in our country. 
But both sides of the tort reform argument claim that they have justice on their side. So how do you respond to that and how do you view justice? Another good question. So justice is is a concept that um, sometimes can get your, it can be hard to get your hands around it. And I like to think of justice or laws as really rules, right? They're codes of conduct. Uh, We have decided as a society what is appropriate conduct, what is inappropriate conduct, what is acceptable and what is unacceptable. And when you get into the history of where these rules have come about, they reach back all the way back to the Old Testament. Um, If you look at the Law of Moses and Exodus in particular, there are sections of Exodus that when you read them, you you can trace a direct line from those passages to the laws that we have uh, today in our civil justice system. Just a couple of examples. Um, There's a passage that reads, if a fire breaks out and spreads into thorn bushes so that it burns shocks of grain or standing grain or the whole field, the one who started the fire must make restitution. So in that passage, you see the concept of negligence. That's what we would call it today. Um, There's another passage, if people quarrel and one person hits another with a stone or with their fist, The guilty party must pay the injured person for any loss of time and see that the victim is completely healed. In that passage, you see the concept of remedies, making someone whole if you've harmed them. And a third passage, whoever steals an ox or a sheep and slaughters it or sells it must pay back five head of cattle for the ox and four sheep for the sheep. So there you see the the concept of punitive damages. If someone sets out to harm someone intentionally, they mean to hurt them, we're going to punish them more severely as a result of that to deter that sort of conduct in the future. So when you talk about justice, you're talking about the rules that we live by, the rules of the road, and they reach all the way back to to Judeo-Christian thinking. So those rules of the road, that justice you're talking about, when somebody maybe is hurting economically, how does that justice balance with that? I mean, Rick Perry, in his last speech to the legislature, said that tort reform benefited our economy. How do you respond to that? So Rick Perry and other tort reformers are setting up a false choice for Texans. Um, On the one hand, they say you can have a job, but on the other hand, they're essentially saying you have to give up your freedom. You have to give up your constitutional liberty and your right to trial by jury. And that's not a choice that we should be forced to make. It's not a choice that we should accept as citizens. The free enterprise system is central to America and our way of life here. But in order for the free enterprise system to function efficiently and properly, it has to have a strong civil justice system to enforce obligations. None other than Adam Smith, the father of free market capitalism, understood this. He stated, the first and chief design of all civil governments is, as I have observed, to preserve justice amongst the members of the state and prevent all encroachments on the individuals in it from others in the same society. Justice is violated whenever one is deprived of what he had a right to and could justly demand of others, or rather when we do him any injury or hurt without a cause. Justice was central to Adam Smith's conception of a functioning state, a functioning economy, a free market economy. When you look at this, government should not be picking winners and losers. Competitors in the marketplace should rise and fall based on how they deliver goods and services, the quality of their work, not based on whether they hire the best lobbyist or the most connected lobbyist um, or if they've been able to bend the system to their will. That's not the system that the founders envisioned, 
That's not the system that we should accept. Milton Friedman, the Nobel Prize winning free market economist, he stated, people should be responsible for the harm they do. And when he was asked, so tort law takes care of a lot of this, he said, absolutely. Um, in choosing between the two systems, regulation or the civil justice system, Milton Friedman came down on the side of the civil justice system to enforce the rules in our society. So the way you're talking about this is about, a lot about how we decide to regulate the economy. Do you think that that's something that's fundamentally partisan and that the issue of tort reform is fundamentally partisan? Not at all. Not at all. If you take a step back and look at it, we're talking here about personal responsibility and we're talking about accountability. And those are both Texas values. Uh, we're talking about the Constitution that we all live by. Um, that is a shared value. That's something that we all believe in. We believe in the Bill of Rights. And if you believe in the Bill of Rights and if you believe in the Constitution, then you believe in the Seventh Amendment right to trial by jury. It's something that, again, our, our framers um, knew was central to our way of life. And the Texas founders as well also spoke about the need to have a strong civil justice system in the Texas Declaration of Independence, they stated government, quote, has failed and refused to secure on a firm basis the right of trial by jury, that palladium of civil liberty, and only safe guarantee for the life, liberty, and property of the citizen. That's in the Texas Declaration of Independence. So even if that is in the Texas Declaration of Independence, and even if these are shared values, do you think that there is any motivation to cut back these restrictions? Or that is the future of tort reform that it'll just be more and more restrictions? I think people are, are standing up and realizing that their constitutional liberties are being taken from them by moneyed special interests, by the corporate lobby. Um, they're starting to recognize that, that if they don't stand up and if they don't fight, their rights will be taken from them. Um, again, you go back to this concept of personal responsibility and accountability. As one person put it to me, when you mess up, you fess up, and you make it right. And I can't think of a, of a better expression of Texas values than that. And if people will not band together and fight, rest assured, their constitutional liberties will be taken from them. Organizations like Texas Watch help people to band together and make their voices heard. Do you think there'll be any movement on that this session? We're watching closely to see what the corporate lobby may try to sneak through the process. And rest assured, if they try anything like that, we will be there to fight them. All right, that's all we have time for today. You can read Ware's article at texansforlibertyandjustice.com. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you, Tori. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Texas Tells. Join us next month when we ask, where did all the local control go? The truth is, Texas is being Californiaized with bag bans, fracking bans, tree cutting bans. We're forming a patchwork quilt of bans and rules and regulations that is eroding the Texas model.